0: You are one to to release people from shame, from the captivity of chains. You are one, O God, who is all merciful, all knowing. Thank You, Lord, that You are close to us today. Receive our worship. We praise Your Name, wonderful God. How majestic is Your Name in all the earth. Lord of all, Lord of all creation, Your Name be exalted. Hallelujah to You, King of Kings. Hallelujah to You, the Lion of Judah, the coming King. We praise You. We praise Your Name. We glorify Your Name. You indeed are worthy of our praises, O Lord. You indeed are worthy, O God. We bow before You and thank You. Omnipotent God, thank You for Your mercy, Your grace, Love and praise you, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: There's a beautiful presence of the Lord in the house this morning. I just felt to share some things about the presence of the Lord. Everyone will feel the presence of the Lord in a different way. I feel the presence of the Lord in a very physical way. He wraps his arms around my head. And I know that there's a powerful anointing on me. And I don't just, I only come out when that powerful anointing is here in the house. And so he wanted me to say, come on men, the men in this house, he wants you to demonstrate the anointing of the Lord in your hearts and in your lives and come and share about it. And Encourage us, not just females that feel the anointing of the Lord. The men feel the anointing of the Lord. It may be in a different way, but it's got to be powerful. And it will touch your heart when the Lord comes so powerfully in this house and every man in this house can't stand then we will know that we've really had the presence of the Lord. So I just come before you, men of this house, to really demonstrate that the presence of the Lord has come upon you in a very real, powerful, authoritative way. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed. The presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it so strongly as well. And sometimes if you're not used to it, just close your eyes and reach out and feel it. Allow your mind to be at ease. No longer wrestling with the things that would want to concern you and drag you down, but the way to feel the presence of the Lord, men and women, is to come into His house, His sanctuary, and allow yourself to be emptied of everything that is the flesh, everything that is holding your mind captive, everything that has control over your emotions. This is your soul. You are spirit, soul, and body. The soul of you needs to come undone before the Lord as you enter into His sanctuary. We, we want to teach you to feel the presence of the Lord because as you, as you learn to experience the power of the presence of God, then the anointing will rise and you indeed will be changed The things that are on your mind that concern you need not concern you any longer. For the Spirit of the Lord is here right now. And it's nothing to do with me or Pastor Gary, Pastor Romell or Pastor Grace, the elders. It is because when we come together in a place of surrender before the Lord, laying out before Him, our soul, bringing it and placing it at the foot of the cross of Jesus, emptying ourselves fully, we can then be in a place to receive. And you can receive right where you are seated now because the power of God is here. He wants to see you changed. He wants to see you free. He wants to see you completely healed in your physical body, in your mind and in your emotions. So right now and all through the service, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because He will not stop working on you if you will allow Him to do the work. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank You, Father. And now I'd like to invite Our sister Sue, who is going to bring us through the communion this morning.
2: Morning, everyone. When I was thinking about communion, I was thinking about how powerful it is. How powerful the blood is. And um, I was led to this um, this worship song, and it really puts it into real. Really speaks it well. It's called the. Uh, it's about the blood speaking, and it's a better word. So I'm just going to read some of the lyrics from the song, and I just want you to think about each thing when I speak about it. Your blood is healing every wound. Your blood is making all things new. Your blood speaks a better word. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Your blood, the measure. I'm going to personalise this to each one of you. Speak it to yourself. Your blood, the measure of my worth. Your blood, more than I deserve. Your blood speaks a better word. It sings out with life. It's shouting down the lies. Oh, it echoes through the night. The precious blood of Christ. It speaks a better word. Your blood, a robe of righteousness, Your blood, my hope and my defence. Your blood forever covers me. It's calling out my name. Calling out your name. It's breaking every chain. Whatever's holding you, whatever chains are holding you, it's breaking it. It's making all things right. That's all things, not some of them, all things. The precious blood of Christ. It speaks a better word. It speaks life over me. Life. It's rewriting my history, no matter what's gone before. It's rewritten. By the blood of Christ. Isn't that amazing? It covers my destiny. It makes all things right. All. All things right. The precious blood of Christ. The blood speaks a better word over every area of your life. Every area, let it speak. Let it speak to you. You know, we sometimes don't stop and think how powerful the cross was. And let me just read from Matthew 27, verses 45 to 54. I'm going to leave a couple out, but I'm going to read most of this passage. Now, from the sixth hour, this is when Jesus was on the cross. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness all over the land. Physical things were happening across the the land, across the earth. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Think about that. The veil's been torn. We have free access to, the, to God, to the Lord. Free access to heaven because the tail the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And the earth quaked. And the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised from the dead. They were raised. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection and they went into the holy city and appeared to many after Jesus was resurrected. Think about the power. How much power was generated through Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection. And because of that, we have all of this and we need to remember it and we need to remind ourselves of it and we need to walk in it. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in his resurrection. And that power we have because we're born again. We're believers we're joined in with him as his sons, as the father's sons. As We have all of that. We need to walk in it. Let's rejoice and be glad for what he's done. So we've been brought so close to him through that. And we just need to remind ourselves. And today, as we take the communion, is a time to remind ourselves of all of that. So as we take the bread... In Luke 22:19, it says, As the Passover supper was ending, Jesus took bread. He blessed it, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which was given for you. He gave it for us. Without that, we wouldn't be able to walk in the power and authority we walk in. So as we take the bread, remember that. Let's take it together. And let's take the blood and remember. Remember what the blood does, it speaks. It speaks a better word. Mm. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your resurrection power. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you, Lord.
3: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sue. It's about the blood, isn't it? It's about the blood, isn't it? Yes. Good, everyone's still awake. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Graham, that was beautiful. I don't know what you're playing then. That was beautiful. Improvising. See? How blessed are we to have musos that can just improvise like that? Hallelujah. Let me just check who's messaging me because if they're online, Chris Boys, I'm preaching, you can uh, just message us on YouTube, it'd be great, thank you. Good morning church, Good morning. no worship, no rain, anyone notice what's happening outside? Yes. Oh. Hallelujah, we want God's glory to rain down on us too, don't we? Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, welcome to, we've got some new faces, welcome, if you haven't been here before. We love having new people at the refinery. Where's our Brisbane church? Where's the rest of our Brisbane church that are supposed to be here today? On the first Sunday of the month, our Brisbane church comes to join us, but something must have happened today. Maybe the Gold Coast isn't as sunny as it normally is, perhaps. But the fishing's better when it rains, right? (laughs) So they should be here. So welcome. Our focus, as it was last week and the week before, this week and and the next maybe couple of weeks, is the Holy Spirit and how we recognise Him. Because that's pretty important, isn't it, Mm -hmm. that we recognise Him and not some other spirit. And also how we should respond to Him, because when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, there should be a response. So the theme is recognizing and responding to God's gift of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. Too many of us focus on the gifts, but the real gift is the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit being a living gift. Who wants to be blessed today? Half of you want to be blessed? Does everyone want to be blessed today? Fantastic! I'm going to give you the opportunity right now. I'm going to pray for the offering. If you want to be blessed, be a blessing. So the giving boxes are at the front here, one either side. Those white boxes. You can give online if you like, or if you want to use a card, you can come and see Sue. What a what a fantastic communion that was. So if you want to give online, you can you can. Um, see Sue, sorry, if you want to give online, the details will be on the bottom of the screen. If you want to give using a card, you can see Sue. So that'll be great. So uh, you can come out as I pray. If you've got your seed there, hold on to it. Father in heaven, thank you for being so wise and so generous. You're much wiser and much more generous than we can ever be. Lord, we thank you for being so great and so good. Lord, for setting the the standard on how we should be thank you for offering to us so many spiritual blessings and so many opportunities and lord we we take that opportunity one of those opportunities you've presented for us this morning to come offering ourselves to you lord accept our tithes and our offerings as indications of our love and symbols of our desire, Lord, to participate with you in your ministry of mercy and helpfulness to a needy world. We pray in Jesus' mighty name this morning. Amen. Amen. So if you've got your offering there, you can come and pop it in the box out the front. Who's had a good week? Busy week? I shared a testimony for those of you that weren't here at the end of the prayer meeting of of someone that we prayed for on Tuesday who had a brain tumour and by Thursday he'd seen his doctors and they'd said that he didn't need surgery. So God is still answering prayer. We need to pray with an expectation that God's going to move. Otherwise, it's just words, isn't it? And the Bible tells us, do not pray like the Gentiles. Some of us have been there. Lots and lots of words. Lots and lots of words. Which essentially mean nothing when our model prayer is the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? So the text we're going to concentrate on today is John 14, 17. Who's driving over there today? Is it Levi? Awesome. I love that we have some of the children in the church and the young adults in the church doing the sound for us. There's no excuse for any of us not to serve, no matter what our age is. No matter what our age is, young or a little bit not so young. John 14, 17 the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you, you ever wondered why the world thinks you're a little bit weird and can't understand you because you carry the spirit of truth But the world cannot receive it because it neither sees Him or knows Him. And the Scriptures we're going to work through are John 14, 15 through to 20. Let me read them for you. It's when Jesus is promising us another helper. If you love me, keep my commandments. Do I need to stop the message there? If you love me, keep my commandments. That's not Pastor Gary, that's Jesus. Have we kept his commandments? Sometimes, if we're honest. I know many of us in here probably haven't murdered someone this morning. Which the way Peter's laughing, I'm not so sure. But when we think bad of someone, we're murdering them, aren't we? If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That sounds pretty good. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. See, there's an expectation here from Jesus that we know the spirit of truth. This is the reason Jesus didn't need to teach On tithing and giving, because it was just an expectation that everyone knew it. Some of the things in the New Testament, some of the things in the Old Testament, sorry, aren't spoken about in the New, because everyone just did it. It was an expectation. That's how they lived their life. Verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. Hallelujah for that. My father was an orphan. I know what he went through. But we have a Father in heaven who will not leave us as orphans. Nick was the same. We spoke about it just the other day, didn't we? We've seen what our families went through and in turn what we went through because of that. But God's not going to leave us as orphans. Hallelujah. Then it talks about the indwelling of the Father and the Son. Look at verse 19. A little while longer, the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. Let's make that a whole nother line. Because Jesus lives, you will live also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can get excited about that, can't we? Come on verse 20 at that day you will know that i am in my father and you in me and i in you as we we're sitting there through worship i had this vision of the throne and we know jesus is sitting at the right hand of the father don't we so guess where you're sitting you're sitting at the right hand of the father Do we understand that? That we are seated in heavenly places. We are seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, whether you've had a good father or a bad father, that's irrelevant here. God is the good father. Many different options are available to someone who is eager to bestow a gift on someone, aren't there? If you love someone, there's so many different ways you can give them a gift. Some gifts are inanimate by nature, and they last a long time. Could be a watch. It's an inanimate thing. Which really confuses me sometimes when I see how much people spend on watches and stuff. These things don't have a heartbeat, do they? It's an inanimate object. You know, in, in the Western, well, actually all around the world, but in particular the Western world, we give up so much of our time for money. I've never seen a $100 note with a heartbeat. It doesn't even have DNA. But we give up everything to get it, don't we? Other gifts, like flowers, are Perishable. We know that. We used to own three flower shops here on the Gold Coast. If you buy too many and they're sitting in the cool room, they're not going to last. There's also living gifts, like puppies. Who doesn't love puppies? You come to our place on a Tuesday night, you're going to have to love a puppy because she loves you. There's kittens. There's plants. Plants die, don't they? But they're a living gift. God our Father has seen fit to bestow a living gift of a different nature within the mind and the heart of each of his children at the moment of our conversion. We are children of God. And that gift is the Holy Spirit, who is living, sorry, is the living presence of God in us. You know, I've been there and I'm I'm so sick of it at the moment when I hear Christians praying, Lord, more of your Holy Spirit. Bring your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit rain down on me. Holy Spirit's already in you. What are you asking for? The Holy Spirit's already in you if you are a child of God. Lord, let your blessings rain down on us. Let your power rain down on us. But the Holy Spirit's already within us if we are a born-again believer. So our first thing today, I think I've only got two points today, but they might be a little bit one. The Holy Spirit is a living gift. Are you alive? The Holy Spirit's within you. The Holy Spirit's living within you. The Holy Spirit's a living gift. The Holy Spirit's not a mere influence that comes from God. Sometimes I hear that you know, the Holy Spirit's influencing me to do something. Well, he's a little bit more than that. Holy Spirit's more than a force like gravity or magnetism or electricity. We all need to understand that the Holy Spirit is more than that. If you believe, if I pull that chair out from under you, now you'll fall on the ground, you believe in gravity. The Holy Spirit's bigger than that. Jesus uses personal, or sorry, the personal masculine pronoun here in our text to describe this live-in gift from God. Yeah, we, Some of you were here last week, you saw some manifestations taking place. There's a few issues there, but one of the big ones is that person kept saying, God is a she, Mother God. God is male. Jesus uses the personal masculine pronoun here to describe this gift from God. The Holy Spirit spirit is a communicator. He speaks to us. Revelation 2.7 says, who, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So is the Holy Spirit speaking to the Red Cross? Is he speaking to the UN? Is he speaking to the government? Let us hear what he says to our churches God only works through his church. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Hallelujah. Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. How good's that? If we hear, we get to eat from the tree of life. I'm excited about that. What do you think, Simon? Hallelujah. It's really hard to tell sometimes when the preaching's good or bad when there's no one responding. It's really difficult. I'm just assuming it's so good that you're all stunned by my wisdom. Church, we need to be interactive. It's a pulpit for a reason, it's not a push pit. You've got to pull it out. I get told all the time, Pastor Gary, why don't you prophesy more? Because no one's responding, why would I? Really, that's right, isn't it, Caroline? If you're not gonna get a response, why why do it? The Holy Spirit intercedes as a divine intercessor in the interest of those who have received Jesus Christ as Saviour. If you haven't received him as your Saviour, the Holy Spirit's not going to intercede on your behalf. He intercedes as a divine intercessor in the interest of those who have received. Romans 8.26 says, likewise, I'm going to have a fair bit of scripture today, so you can take some notes, or you can watch again online. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Hallelujah to that. I'm happy about that one. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Oh, hey, come on, we're getting somewhere here. I've heard it so often. In the last couple of months, there's a churning happening. I, I, I'm, I'm confused what's going on. I, I, I don't feel right with the situation in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to that, I say. You don't know what to pray, but there's groanings taking place, isn't there? There's groanings happening. And it's not just in this church. We're hearing it all over the place. The world knows there's something happening. Therefore, the church should already be ready for what's about to happen. What's happening in Israel is no mistake. Read your Bible. Gaza will not exist. Lebanon will mostly not exist. Read your Bible. Don't pray against it. Pray God's will. You know, we prayed for someone's mom who was passing, well, she was ill a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't feel to pray for healing for her. She's a believer. The Lord prompted me, to pray that his will be done, whether that's take her home or heal her. She passed away two days later. Hallelujah, she's walking with Jesus today. But we could have prayed against that, couldn't we? We could have prayed against it. Said, Lord, heal her, heal her, heal her. If I'm in that situation, (laughs) when my time's done, and I know I've walked or run the race that the Lord has got for me, don't resurrect me, please. (laughs) Please. Because I've got to be so cranky when I get back, I will probably slap you. I'm serious. When we know our race is done, it's okay. I mean, if I get hit by a bus or something like that, God forbid, do something about that because my race isn't done. The Holy Spirit testifies regarding Jesus Christ. John fifteen twenty six says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Spirit of truth. We need to make sure we're hearing the Holy Spirit, not some other spirit. The Bible tells us that angels of darkness will come dressed as angels of light. Some of the spirits that some people hear are not the Holy Spirit. They might think they are, but they're not. The Holy Spirit leads the servants of Christ in service. Philip is a classic illustration of that. You know, we're only talking about it with with a few people through the week, you know, the only day we don't have something on as a church is actually Friday. It's the only day there's not a prayer meeting somewhere. Oh, worship practice, sorry, Thursday. Every other day there's a prayer meeting or something on. And not everything's for everyone, but the people who attend these different meetings are the ones that are being blessed. They're also the ones that are serving. So there might be a little bit of a key there, right? If we get together in unity praying and we're serving, the blessings flow. I mean, that's just Gary talking. But I'm sure if you dig into the Bible, you'll find that. Philip is a classic illustration. Look at Acts 8.29. Acts 8.29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. What did Philip do? He went near and overtook the chariot. I'm looking forward to the day when the chariot that's been prophesied for me is like right here. It's got flames on it, so we might need to move a couple of rows back. Paul's letter to the Romans or sorry in Paul's letter to the Romans he described the leading of the spirit in Romans 8:14 For as many as are led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God who's being led by the spirit of God welcome sons of God for the rest of you we'll walk with you till you get there We will walk with you until you get there. It's an army. We are part of an army. This church is part of the special forces. And in the special forces, there's privates, there's generals. But you get a whole lot more training as part of that. The privates in the special forces are much better trained than the infantry. You know why Israel is having such a, an impact in the Middle East and in particular, right at the moment in Gaza? It's because even their reservists are trained and they will fight for what's theirs. Whereas most of the soldiers from Gaza, most of Hamas, and even the Palestinians, if you watch the videos, those people running alongside the dead bodies in the Utes, the innocent civilians, they're supporting it. Essentially, and this is probably going to upset a few people watching online, essentially, the Palestinians are cannon fodder. They want to fight, but they're not trained. Let's not be like that, church. Let's be trained up to fight the battles. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Let's be sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit functions as a guide into an understanding of divine truth. John 16, 13 says, However, I love when there's a however, because you know there was something before it. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, He's here with us now. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority. There's a bit of a tip there for each of us as well. But whenever He hears, sorry, whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you Things to come. There's a lesson there for the budding prophets. Don't prophesy your own will. Don't prophesy what you think. Only, as Dr. Bruce would say, speak when spoken through. Speak when spoken through. I can tell when a prophet, I'll use the term loosely, is prophesying not of the Holy Spirit. It's really easy, because it's about them. But when it's about God, it's different, isn't it? The Holy Spirit appoints spiritual leaders for the churches. Acts 20, 28 says, Therefore, take heed. So you know when there's a therefore, there's also something before it, right? Therefore, take heed to yourselves. And to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Pastors, leaders, that's you. To shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. This is not Gary's church. Never was. Jesus is the head of this church. If you read our church constitution, it's in the first couple of paragraphs. Jesus is the head of this church. We just get to steward it for a little while, don't we? A pastor needs something more than a majority vote of the congregation or the board to be an effective minister. We are not a board-run church. In fact, anyone watching online, if you are part of a board-run church, they are your pastor, the board is, not the pastor, because he will be doing what he's told. We've seen it. We know of a minister in our city who was removed by the board of his church just recently. We are not a board-run church. And the next question I get is, Pastor Gary, who are you accountable to? There's about 45 of you sitting in the room right now. A pastor needs more than that to be an effective minister. They need to be appointed simultaneously by the Holy Spirit. We were traveling the world doing ministry. And in South Africa, the Lord said to us, you're planting a church and we're like, surely that's not God. But he made sure we did it. We helped two other churches plant and he kept coming back to, I told you to do it. I didn't tell you to help someone else. I told you to do it. Our first church service, there was two of us. Pastor Amanda led worship. I'm like, yay! (laughs) Then I got up and preached and she looked a little bit (laughs) bored. But from the start, we were ready. We were preparing. It didn't matter whether there was just two of us or there were 2,000 of us. We were being led by the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, you look like a fool when there's just two of you. You feel like a fool. But can you imagine the angels looking down from heaven saying, look at them, they've started. Look at them, they've started. We didn't see the angels in the room that day, but we knew they were there. They're here now. The Holy Spirit is a living gift that can be perceived by virtue of the fact that he can be grieved by an improper conduct or an improper attitude on the part of those who are within the body of Christ. The Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. But we've all done it, haven't we? When we're disobedient, we actually grieve the Holy Spirit. When he's tapping us on the shoulder saying, go and..." Pray for that person or go and bless that person. And we don't do it, we're grieving him. This is the gift we've been given of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Hallelujah. So let's not grieve him. You know you can lose your salvation once saved also always saved is a false doctrine you can reject Christ even on your deathbed you can reject Christ and go straight to hell do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars that's a controversial statement to make but you know what it's what the Bible says this is the most offensive book in the world. It's banned in, is it 52 or 60 countries or something? It's the most offensive book in the world. It's also the book that sold the most copies ever. Yes. Hallelujah. Our second thing today is the Holy Spirit is a divine person. We need to start thinking of the Holy Spirit as a person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When God bestows the gifts of the Holy Spirit within the heart of his child, are we all children of God? Yes. Yes. So when he bestows that gift within us, he's bestowing the living gift who is at the same time a divine person. You have the Spirit of God living within you. When you understand that, it sort of makes you look a little bit differently at some of the things you do, doesn't it? soon as you have a bad thought about someone, guess who hears it? As soon as you curse someone, guess who hears it? When the lady at the corner shop or the guy at the corner shop gives you too much change and you know it and you take it, guess who knows it? The Father's living within you through his Holy Spirit. Galatians 4 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Why do you think people on the battlefield, when they're about to die, don't call out to Allah? They don't call out to Buddha. They don't call out to one of the thousands of Hindu gods. Generally, two people they cry out to, God or their mum. True. Ask any soldiers that have been into battle. There are no atheists in a foxhole. Do you know how many people would be getting saved right now in Gaza and in the West Bank? Do you think there's any surprise that in Iran... Muslims are having Jesus appear to them and they're giving their hearts to him. Imagine what it's going to be like when they start crying out to him. As everything around them is getting flattened, they cry out to God and he appears in front of them and they give their life to him. Now, whether they die at that stage or they they go on to do work for him, if they give their life to him, guess where they're going to be? They're going to be in heaven. Hmm. You know, preaching about Israel is a really good way to empty churches, especially now. I've noticed I, I deliberately, about two months ago, started putting tags on YouTube and Facebook of Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, Israel. You know, our views have dropped since then. Our views have dropped because the world, the Christian world as well, is anti-Semitic. We've seen the places that are getting bombed. Some of us were there just a few months ago. God is a spirit. God is not localized in a body as a man is. God in spirit comes to dwell within the body of each believer as a living presence. Do you know you are his representative here on earth? You're it. Lord, send someone to help that person. Maybe he's sending you. You're his representative. I am so sick and tired of seeing a lazy church. I'm not talking about the refinery, I'm talking about worldwide. The church is lazy, it's asleep. We we're at a meeting yesterday, some of it was fantastic. But then, when we saw representatives of some places, we shook our heads and went, Man, if that's the best God's got in our city, we have a problem. We are God's representatives. Nick is God's representative. Joanne is God's representative. Teddy's God's representative. Each and every one of us is God's representative here on earth. So, what are people thinking about us? Are they seeing God or are they seeing flesh? Most people out there don't read this. But guess what? They're watching you. They're watching you to see how you react to things. They're watching you looking for God. The living gift of the divine presence comes into our lives to purify us and reproduce within us the character and the personality of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are on a a path of purification. We are on a path of sanctification. It's another dirty word within the church. We're on a path of becoming righteous. We're on a path of becoming holy. Do we see much righteousness, holiness, sanctification within Christian communities? But hang on, we're the representatives of God on the earth. Therefore, we should mirror Jesus. It comes down to character. You ever wondered why all these anointed people fall into adultery and all types of sin? Because they don't have the character or the integrity of Jesus to be able to carry the anointing that they believe they have. None of us are perfect, I can assure you of that, especially me. You can ask Pastor Amanda later, she'll tell you. But we've got to have the character of Jesus. We've got to have Christ-likeness. That should be our, our goal. Because the purification should be reproducing the character and the personality of Jesus. Do you think Jesus put up with demons? Do you think he would have put up with churches that are out of order? Do you think he would have put up with? I won't go there. You can put anything you like behind that. Do you think he would have put up with? I mean, here's Jesus walking down the street, sees the tax collector up a tree, says, get out here. I'm staying at your place tonight. If Jesus walked in here today and said, Paul, I'm staying at your place tonight. He's welcome. But could we all say that? Or would we have to say, Jesus, you just wait here. I've got to race home for a couple of hours. And then I'll come back and get you. Christ-likeness would mean it's like, Jesus, let's go, man. Let's sit down and eat together. Stay as long as you like. Makes you think, doesn't it? If Jesus said, Sue, I'm coming to your place. How good's that? You know, the Holy Spirit, I say that jokingly because the Holy Spirit's already within us. Therefore, he's already staying at our place tonight. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Cleanse your consciousness. Conscience, sorry, from dead works to serve the living God. Who's participating in dead works? Oh, come on. Some of you need to put your hand up. You know, if you lie to the pastor, you're lying to God. We need to be cleansed from the dead works. The living gift of the Holy Spirit is all-powerful. Not a little bit powerful, not just powerful in some areas of our life, all-powerful. This power was demonstrated in the miraculous conception of Christ when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary in great power. We do not worship Mary. We do not worship Mary. That's a whole other false doctrine, which isn't just in the Catholic Church, let me tell you. The living gift of the Holy Spirit knows of all things of God, as well as all things of man. The Holy Spirit knows every single thing about you, even those things you wanna try and hide away. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11 says, but God has revealed them. Whoops. God has revealed those things you try and hide. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what a man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him. So you know what you know. Holy Spirit knows everything. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. You know, you can become a theologian. I, I actually upset an old pastor of ours a few years ago. He no longer talks to me because of this. He's a theologian. He wanted me to be the first or second, I think it was the first person to finish a doctorate with their internationally renowned Bible college. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to know Jesus. You can be a theologian and not have a relationship with God. You can be the smartest person on earth and not have a relationship with God. This divine person who's come to dwell within us knows all about us and at the same time has perfect understanding of the mind of God. That's a pretty scary combination, isn't it? He seeks to lead us to think the thoughts of God. What we focus on, we connect with. We focus on the thoughts of God, we'll connect with them. And then they'll become activated in our lives. We focus on the world, guess what we're going to connect with? We've worked in drug and alcohol addiction places. And I can tell you, when these addicts, are focused on getting their next fix. You can't stop them. If that is their primary focus, they've connected with it and they will activate it. When we minister to people, I haven't had to do it for a while. But if someone comes up and they're like, "Blah blah 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 blah," I'll tell them to shut up. Even if they're praying in tongues, because if they want their healing, they need to focus on it. Don't worry about everything else. Focus on what God's got for you and connect with it, and then own it. So he leads us to think the thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit, which God has given to us as a living gift, is spoken of God in the Scriptures. You will see when you read the Scriptures, God and Holy Spirit cross over. For example, Peter and Ananias. Probably a good Scripture after what I said about giving before. In Acts 5, 3 to 4, Peter said, now, we don't want to be Ananias. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of, what, of the land for yourself? So I said, as a pastor, as a prophet, I can tell when someone's lying to me. I'll often let you get away with it. Sometimes I won't. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but you have lied to God. Make your yes your yes and your no your no. You say you're going to do something, do it. It's really simple. If you don't want to do it, say so, just say no. The Holy Spirit is God also is seen in Paul's statement to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, all of us, with an unveiled face, beholding in a, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, be, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When we look in a mirror, what do we see? Do you see yourself or do you see Jesus? It's a hard one to answer. Some days you might see Jesus, some days you might see yourself. We are called to be able to look in the mirror and see Jesus looking back. We are the reflection of him. I'm going to finish up here. Does the worship team want to make their way up? I think I'm only coming in for one landing today. The Holy Spirit of God. Is there another worship song? Yep. The Holy Spirit of God, so come up guys, please. The Holy Spirit of God invites each non-believer to put faith in Jesus Christ and to receive him as Lord and Savior. So when I say each non-believer, I'm actually talking to people in the church because many people have sat in churches for decades That doesn't make them a believer. Many people come to church on a Sunday just to tick the box to say they went to church before they went to lunch. He uses the Bible, the church, your family, your friends, and the emptiness of your heart to communicate this need. Holy Spirit uses these people these things to communicate the emptiness in your heart to the need. So if you will receive Jesus as your savior, the Holy Spirit's going to enter into work, sorry enter into you to work God's will in your life. As believers, as kingdom believing people, we shouldn't be walking in confusion all the time. Yeah, there's going to be times when we're a bit confused, we're not sure whether God wants us to go that way or, or the other. But when he's in us, we should let him guide us. Often when we come to that fork in the road, we think, you know what, I really want to go that way, God. And he's telling you to go the other. That's where the confusion comes from, doesn't it? The Lord will work for your eternal welfare. Do we believe that He has the best things in mind for us? So He's going to work towards our eternal welfare. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8 says, Therefore, there's another therefore. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today you will hear His voice. This is my prayer for all of you. Today you will hear His voice. Do not harden your hearts. As in the rebellion. We're a little bit rebellious, aren't we, sometimes? Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Holy Spirit doesn't tempt us. Satan tempts us. The Holy Spirit will test us though. When we're in the wilderness and we're being tested, let's not blame the devil for it. Some of us right now believe that we're being tempted or we use temptation as an excuse. Perhaps it's actually a test from God. Because a lesson unlearned is a lesson returned. If you don't pass the test, who remembers school? I was pretty bad at it. If you don't pass the test, you pretty well get it again, don't you? But if you pass the test, you get to go to the next level. And what's at the next level? Another test. That's where we get our testimonies. Too many of us just have monies. (laughs) Let's start having testimonies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Pastor Gary. But the blood of Jesus.